and welcome to Literary Merit, the show where we tell you what media has value. Spoiler alert, it's all of it. Also, spoiler alert, we'll be discussing spoilers as usual, so here's your warning. I'm Ashley. And I'm Alex. And I'm sick. And I want to start by asking, <laughs> what is new to you, Alex? Um, oh, I don't know what's new. Uh... <laughs> It's been a it's been a minute. It has so, been. A minute, I've been gone. You're the, one, so... you're the one that went on adventures. Yeah. And I guess I went on an adventure too. I don't. It's been so long. I'm like, what did we talk about? What didn't we talk about? So I went to um, the Spirit of Halloween Town Festival in St. Helens, Oregon. That is so fun. And got to take a picture with the Great Pumpkin. Um, Halloween Town and in front of the City Hall in Halloween Town and ate an elephant ear in Halloween Town and had, <laughs> and had Thai food in Halloween Town and That's great I had awesome. uh, Thai food next to the Tower Bridge so <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like when you need us we will we will be there for you yes Thai food it's true it really was a circumstance like that <laughs> well, what else have you been up to? It's been a couple of weeks. Well, I got my first credit card. Grats. <laughs> I guess you're, that's exciting. You're big now. Right? You're a big grown-up. Um, so that's fun. I haven't even spent anything on it yet. I have no idea. I'm, gonna, I'm like I'm too worried about doing anything, so. Oh, uh, yeah, the way I do mine is I just, you know, use it for incidental purchases and just pay it off every month. Yeah, that's what they tell you to do, but I'm like, eh, I don't know. I might I might just go out and buy a Switch or something for that new Pokemon shindig. Yeah, just get those reward points. Get the cash back. <laughs> um, and then buying lots of magic cards too, because now I got everybody obsessed <laughs> with magic and I'm happy about it. Well, I, I'm my husband is really glad that you're playing magic. Won't be glad tomorrow when I pummel his face with my magic cards. <laughs> uh, well that's oh, and watching fun though lots of lots of tv yeah like uh sabrina which we will get around to for sure we'll and be talking others. about that today and others mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah 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 that's basically what i did while you were gone was halloween town tv magic <laughs> that sounds like like a pretty good time and then i wrote a poem about halloween town so that was good oh that is good you gotta use those experiences that's mm -hmm. very fun i literally thought yeah. you were gonna say you gotta use those experience points oh well that too i mean it's all the same right <laughs> gotta use your halloween experience points cash them in for poems yeah. for poetry yes exactly <laughs> well, no i went i was adventures. in london Yes, I had great, great adventures. Man, it was a hell of a trip. It kicked my ass. Oh, yeah. Because, uh, okay, I mean, it was pretty short as trips go, and so we really wanted to jam-pack it. Um, now, we flew out in the afternoon out of Portland, and we arrived in Europe um, at, like, 1030 in the morning. But it was a 10-hour flight. So I was like, damn, I have to sleep on this plane. Like, I have to sleep on this plane because that is the nighttime that I get. <laughs> <laughs> and it I, it didn't work super well on the way there. Honestly, I just, I didn't plan correctly. I was not tired enough. And we did not have very good seats for sleeping. So oh, the fight no. there was kind of a mess, but I did spend my time uh, watching things because we flew Delta. And so we got our own little individual TV screens. I watched Hotel Artemis, uh, which I had missed, but had meant to see. And I quite enjoyed it. Uh, it was a good one. It's a good airplane movie. Was that but the one uh, where... The one like that's like John Wick ripoff? <laughs> With Jodie Foster, and yes, she runs yes. the like hospital yeah, yeah. for mm -hmm. criminals. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what I thought. It was. Yeah, they were like that hotel part on John Wick was interesting. Can we make that a whole movie? <laughs> uh, and they did, and it was pretty good. And Dave Batista was charming because he's Dave Batista. Uh, and they fed us so much 
oh my god, these airplanes made me fat. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I'm not used to flying internationally, and they gave me so much food. And it was pretty good food as it went, but just so many snack times and entree and breakfast and just really got fed. I got, like, double breakfast and dinner (laughs) and snack. It was great. Uh, But, so... London was a bit of a whirlwind because with travel days, six days turned into four days. Uh, we were staying in London in Whitechapel, the spooky, spooky Whitechapel. It's not actually that spooky. It's mostly Muslim. Uh, <laughs> we were like a block away from a big mosque. And it was very interesting to walk around. But mm-hmm. first day we went to the Tower of London and I took so many pictures. And Did you meet so the crows magical. that live there? You mean the ravens? Or the ravens, I'm sorry. Yes, they're very big and very noisy and very friendly. <laughs> they're really quite cute. They just hop around and croak at you. They're nice. Yeah, I heard uh, a, it was amazing. an NPR article or segment about them. Yeah, they're pretty cool. They just, they live there. And they, if they, they you don't, don't let them leave. They gotta live there forever. Uh, but then um, that night, we went and saw the Kinky Boots musical in the West End at the, uh, which theater was it? I can't remember which one, but that was pretty fun. It was really great, uh, actually. It was it was a really, really well done show. Fun musical written by Cindy Lauper. So that's cool. Um, and then day number two was Stratford-upon-Avon. So uh, that was an adventure. We had to take a bus out there. It was kind of, we had a bad, we had a scary morning trying to get to the bus station because the tube station that we were planning on taking out to, it was like, oh, great. We just hop on a train right here and go out to Victoria Station. Well, that morning, the that line was closed. <laughs> so we were like, oh, God what do we do? Because we were just getting around using the tubes. So we were like, we don't know. We have no alternate route. We don't know what to do. Oh my God. We ended up just getting a cab. And that was pretty nice, actually. You know, one of the classic um, London black cabs. You got you to gotta take one of those at some point when you go to London anyway. So well, I'm probably a little more comfortable was- than a train full of people. Yeah, actually, I quite enjoyed taking the underground. I'm really glad we got around that way. But it was cool to take the cab, talk to the cabbie, and actually he ended up giving us a great recommendation that I was very happy about later. Um, So we got to the train station in plenty of time, went out to Stratford-upon-Avon and saw all the Shakespeare places, and it was very exciting. And we bought a new copy of Hamlet there because that's what we do. We collect Hamlets. And unfortunately, we couldn't actually see a show in Stratford. There was just nothing showing at a time that worked for us. We took the first bus into uh, town from London and took the last bus out of town to London. And just the shows went too late for us to be able to do that. And it would have been way too expensive to, like, get a car or something to go back. So Yeah, and with your, like, already messed up sleep schedule, that would be really hard. (laughs) yeah after the first day we were feeling okay like we were pretty exhausted the whole time but that first day was like surreal Mm -hmm. (laughs) we were so like will had slept like maybe like three hours on the plane i didn't sleep at all uh but we were like we have to stay up like the worst thing to do is to like go to sleep during the day like you have to stay up until bedtime you know go to bed a little early if you want to but you do not want to take a nap. You'll be screwed up forever. So uh, that next day we were feeling okay and we had a fun time. We actually had a fun chat waiting at the bus stop on our way back into London with this um, Brazilian actress who was studying Shakespeare in London. And she was really cool. She was like a professional. We didn't catch her name. I feel bad. But she's like a professional actress who was uh, in in London and went out to Stratford to study. Um, And yeah, she was just really cool and fun to chat with. So that was a nice little bus stop friend and uh the next actress if she didn't give you her name (laughs) that's kind of like the number one rule right Uh, is it well especially in like social media world like oh here's my name so you can look me Uh, up well i mean 
she's Brazilian, so it's not like we're going to go and see her in anything. But <laughs> like, she she lives in Bra- she works and lives in Brazil, so I don't think we're going to get the For chance now. to go and see her perform. <laughs> For now. Well, maybe someday we'll see her in a big Shakespearean film and we'll be like, oh my god, it's Bus Stop Friend. Her name was Veronica the whole time. So <laughs> Bus Stop Friend. <laughs> yeah, no, she was great. Yeah, we just we just sort of ended up conversing by chance. Uh, but it was fun. And this the next day was a Sunday so we had to plan carefully because things are closed on Sunday and like a lot of the stuff I wanted to do were like you know churches and things that you can't visit on a Sunday so we went to the National Gallery um, Uh and saw amazing works of art oh my gosh oh my gosh like Da Vinci Michelangelo uh, yeah Van Gogh like Klimt, oh my god, it was overwhelming, <laughs> the amount of incredible, beautiful, iconic art there, like, it was the, it was amazing, it was amazing, and that night we saw <laughs> Ostentatious, which is a Jane Austen oh, I've heard of it. improv comedy show. I think I've heard of it, somehow. Have you heard of it? I think so. Yeah, it was... It was just like a little show that ended up getting so popular that they moved it to the West End. They only do like one show a month mm-hmm. uh, at the Savoy, which is where the Dream Girls show is at is showing right now. But um, it was so goddamn funny. <laughs> what they do is they get an audience suggestion for the title of a Jane Austen novel, and then they act out that oh my novel. That's amazing. And the title that they went with was pain and polyamory oh that's amazing that's so i good. can't express to you how hard i laughed at this show these guys are incredible improvisers they're so so funny and i think the reason why it works so well is because they're all working within the framework of a jane austen novel so even when things get really wild and out there they have an anchor together you know they're all working from the same perspective the same reference points and it just blew my mind how funny this show was. These guys are world class. Uh, so that was that was a wonderful time. Um, and then the last day that we actually spent in London was our biggest and most jam-packed day. And it was wonderful. Um, we went to Westminster Abbey in the morning. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, I've been before, but, oh, it's so beautiful and it's so incredible. And there's kings buried there there's queens buried there and also like chaucer uh so very exciting stuff and just just lovely and then we were like hey let's go over to the globe um oh first we had lunch and it was my favorite meal i've ever had in my entire life it's this place in soho called Mildred's and I actually had been there before the last time I was in London I went with my family um when I graduated high school and my mom had found this place because she was just looking for like vegetarian restaurants in London and it's this very cool little joint because of course it is it's in Soho and it's a it's an all vegetarian um largely vegan place that has sort of British and international food and I had a an, a mushroom and ale pie, which is like a steak and ale pie, but yeah. with mushrooms instead. And I was super happy because I thought I wasn't going to get to have any like real British food because most of it is so meaty, you know, pies and sausages and things. And so I found this and I just flipped my lid. It was a mushroom and ale pie with minted mushy peas and chips. And I am salivating right now thinking about it. It was <laughs> so, so good. I'd never had mushy peas before. I now love them. It was incredible. And Will had a big, 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 messy barbecue burger, and he loved it very much. It was a wonderful lunch. And then we burbled our way down the street uh, to... Uh, we, we were like, oh, to get to the Globe, we have to go... We have to get off the tube right by... Um, st paul's cathedral and hey that's where the cabbie told us we should go so let's stop at st paul's before we go over to the globe oh my gosh it was 
like breathtaking. I can't even express to you like never in my life have I been a, like a religious person. You know, I wasn't rela- raised very religiously. But it like you can understand yeah. mm-hmm. going in there just how just the enormity of it. It's so beautiful. It's it's just so much. It's it's got this huge dome uh, above the nave, and it's the only cathedral in England that has a dome. And it is, I mean, there aren't any words. Like it's just there's nothing like being in there. And there are these beautiful glass mosaics on the ceilings, and uh, I just um. We uh, we decided to do the audio tour. It's just you with your entrance ticket. You get a little like iPhone shaped thing that mm-hmm. has like videos and audio tours and stuff, so that you can quietly learn about the place that you're in. And over on one side, there's this beautiful, beautiful Victorian painting of Jesus. It's titled like A Light in the Darkness or something. He's holding a lantern, and it's just a gorgeous, gorgeous piece of artwork. But um, on the steps in front of the painting, uh, there was a little candle burning. And I didn't even notice it at first, but Will pointed it out to me. And he's like, hey, look. And and there was a sign next to it saying that this candle was burning for victims of hate in the world, especially the uh, victims of the crime in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. The... Uh, and and I it just like there was something about that moment, yeah. just being in there and reading this, and it was just so touching and so meaningful. And like I cried, <laughs> I didn't think that that would happen to me there, but just this beautiful sentiment, you know, of of reaching across continents and religions to stand with people who have been hurt by hateful people, and I, it was just. Uh, like I just I couldn't like I couldn't keep myself together. Yeah. It was so it was so touching. Um and then there's uh up you can actually take the staircase way, way, way up and go into the whispering gallery up at the base of the dome. And you can actually go even higher than that. I did not. Um, but you can go all the way up and look down on the nave from just really it's like it's like almost 300 steps up to this dome. <laughs> it was a lot. And then I needed to sit down. But it's you're just so high up there. And Will decided he wanted to go all the way up. And I was like, I'm going to wait for you right here, baby. <laughs> and, and so I'm just sitting there and just marveling at this beautiful place. And then the choir came out and oh started goodness. rehearsing. <laughs> and I was just like, I can't handle this right now. Like... <laughs> It, you, it's just like and it's just these experiences that like I've never had in my life and you know I wouldn't say it necessarily changed me like spiritually but it it was a very beautiful spiritual like m- moment to 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 be in this place of such history and and you know it, it really reminds you of the the goodness of faith and it uh it was just remarkable um and then we went on and went to the Globe, which is the third Globe Theater that has stood on the south bank of the Thames. <laughs> um, and this one is actually an extremely historically accurate recreation of the original Globe, mm-hmm. um, as as accurately as they historically can can manage, um, as far as as far as historians understand the original globe, and, and then as far as like building code would allow, it's actually an illegal building in London. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, wood frame buildings and thatched roofs are super illegal. Um, I because why. of you know that big, yeah, maybe the big, big, big fire that happened in London that one time. <laughs> so they can't normally not allowed, but they like made it super duper safe and they've got sprinklers like all over the roof and stuff because um one of the reasons one of the globes uh burned down because the thatch roof caught fire from a cannon so (laughs) so this that won't happen at this one but it was so cool that it's actually the um the summer season had just ended so we weren't able to see anything Mm -hmm. um big bummer but we did get to tour the building and it's just super cool. It's just super duper cool. And then 
that night, we got to see the play by Martin McDonough, my favorite playwright, uh, A Very, Very, Very Dark Matter, which is a new play. This is its premiere run, and it stars Jim Broadbent, (laughs) the Jim Broadbent, as Hans Christian Andersen. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Now, how familiar are you with Martin McDonough's work? Not very. Do you know the film In Bruges? I know of it, but I have not seen it. Uh, What about Seven Psychopaths? I shamefully have not seen it, but I have access (sighs) to it. All right, well, you got to get on these films. But I actually fell in love with Martin McDonough back at Western when I read his play A Behanding in Spokane. It's just this darkly funny, ridiculous play, which originally starred um, Christopher Walken. But basically, he's just super funny, super messed up, often quite offensive, um, but in a thoughtful and intentional way. Uh, And now the play is called A Very, Very, Very Dark Matter. So I I mean, I already knew what I was in for, but I was like, what what are you going to do here, Marty? What is this? The premise of this play is that Hans Christian Andersen didn't actually write any of his stories but they were at, they were written in reality by a congolese pygmy woman who he kept in a mahogany box in his attic <laughs> <laughs> like and it's just like what the hell um and it's super <laughs> twisted it's super twisted I uh, I read the play as sort of a uh, a criticism of of revisionist history and how we like to sort of imagine that these people that we love from this period, like Hans Christian Andersen, like Charles Dickens, who also appears in the play, are sort of guiltless in the terrible colonist atrocities that were going on at the time. But they were all benefiting from colonialism, and you know we can't just forget about these things that were happening in order to enjoy you know the the other stuff that happened during the time you know so it's like yeah Hans Christian Andersen <laughs> benefited from the you know the colonization of the Congo like anybody did um but he's telling it in this bizarre sort of fairy tale way it, it's 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 it was like nothing else I've ever seen but I was not disappointed and then that night we decided let's not sleep because we have to be at, uh, our plane is at 6 a.m. So oh we have goodness. to be like at the airport at like 430 and we're staying like on the other side of town from Heathrow. So mm-hmm. let's just go to the airport now. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So after the play, we went back to our hotel, got our stuff checked out had a really awful roundabout adventure to Heathrow because that not that late trains stopped running. Yeah. We got there, but we had to take a really, really long bus ride. Oh. <laughs> but that was, that's, that's the Cliff Notes version. Is that my... where the pigeon showed up? It was when we were waiting at the gate. Yes. <laughs> leaving, leaving London. There was In a pigeon just chilling. Well, he he was he knew where he was. He was hanging out by the vending machines. Uh, but still, he was like, like he not we outside. We sat down, standing on a seat. But we sat down by the vending machines, and like five minutes later, this bird flies up, and he's like, "Yo, you guys getting some snacks? Can I get in on that?" And we're like, "Nah, man, we're not going to eat right now. We're good." And he's like, "Okay," and he flew off down the corridor to find someone else to feed him. Like. That's 100% what happened. What an icon. <laughs> he was pretty good. He's a beautiful pigeon, too. He's all white. Yeah. It's lovely. There were a lot of lovely, lovely pigeons in London. Really beautiful birds there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was my my whirlwind honeymoon adventure. And on the way back on the plane, I mostly slept. I slept much better on that flight because I was just, I couldn't stay awake. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I the only way to do a late flight is to like, just pass out with your head leaning against the seat in front of you. Yeah, I I brought a memory foam neck pillow, buddy. I was ready. Um, <laughs> but I also, I woke up a couple hours before landing and I watched The Man from Uncle, the Guy Ritchie film, which I oh. had missed. Again, I had missed, meant to see. It's a great airplane movie. I 
really quite liked it. You know, Henry Cavill, Army Hammer, Alicia Vikander, fun 1960s international spy, good times. Yeah. Very sexy, very cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's... Oh, and I also bought a copy of Hamlet at the Globe as well. So we bought two copies of Hamlets mm-hmm. while we were in England because we can't have enough Hamlets. They're beautiful, though. The one we bought at the Globe is like a recreation of the first folio. Oh. So that's very cool to have. That's very cool. Yeah. And then the one in Stratford that we got is just a really beautiful printing. The cover is gorgeous. It's kind of Art Nouveau. I'll have to show you when you come over. I think you'd really like it. It's got beautiful illustrations in it. It's cool. Well, eventually you guys can build a house out of your copies. Yes, build build our Hamlet house. <laughs> build your little Hamlet. <laughs> a Hamlet of Hamlets. <laughs> <laughs> but enough about London. Let's talk about TV. Yeah, TV. <laughs> so have you finished Sabrina yet? Yes, I did finish Wow, it. you did it quicker than I did. Yeah, well, I watched like half of it before I left, and then half of it recovering on the couch after getting back. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what'd you think? I thought it was fun. So I got a particular hang-up that I struggle with, and it's sort of the... I... I... I'm troubled by depictions of witches as though historically persecuted women were actually witches. Yeah. You know, like, uh-huh. Sal- like oh, Salem witch trial, they were witches. No, they weren't. And it, that's kind of the tragedy is that yeah. they weren't, they weren't witches. So, and like, yeah. So it kind of, it almost like, so I struggle with it. You know, I'm not a big fan of sort of all the 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 Salem, Massachusetts hullabaloo. But that being said, I do still think that, you know, the sort of crazy satanic witch thing is very, very fun. Um, and they, they mostly stay away from Salem. They mention it, but it's not about Salem. It's about this coven in the ma- made up place. So, you know, I, I was able to put it aside enough to enjoy it. But I thought Kiernan Chipka is just a doll. Yeah, I thought I I liked like ninety nine percent of the show. I can definitely mm-hmm. see where um, I think I think it did a bad job of showing what like people who actually worship Satan actually feel. Um, right. Well, yeah, this has nothing to do with like Satanism. Yeah, like it's <laughs> because it's fantasy land. And and that's also I'm having an issue with that with the current season of American Horror Story as well. Like they're all just like murderous people, and I'm like, um, that's really not from what I hear. It sounds like they're really chill people. Like, <laughs> right, right. Well, yeah, like the the contemporary Church of Satan is like a whole other deal. Like it's it's not really even about satan really um so that but but yeah it's the for me it is the sort of like historical aspect that that troubles me a bit but aside from that it's a fun spooky show with some really cool stuff i really like all the references to uh, classic horror films that pop up here and there i'm sure there are a lot of homages that i missed but like I, I just loved the um the pet cemetery homage mm-hmm. uh with with bringing uh bringing the brother back to life like the end of that episode with the they're sitting at the dinner table and there's the bang yeah, bang yeah. bang on the door and I'm like pet cemetery <laughs> oh there were some really legitimate <laughs> scares in the show too yeah there's some gruesome stuff like the the um the possessed uncle. He he really scared oh, yeah. me. He really scared me. Not yeah, just Uncle in how Jesse. He, not, he was super scary. Not just in how he looked, but like he would just pop up and he he was the cause of most of the jump scares in the show. Yeah. I also yeah. really liked how they didn't really fully tackle a lot of social issues in the show. I mean, they're starting to with, you know, Sabrina trying to come to terms with her two lives. 
but they're really building right. for it to, to really pop off in the next season. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, because it's like now she's full witch. So she's what's full she gonna witch. Do? There's going to be queers. There's all. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I, I thought they handled Susie really well. Well, because like, really... I think they, they are handling Susie very well, but also they're going for this Greendale that's timeless. There's no cell phones. There's like, right. So we're not exactly 100% sure what decade we're in. So I, it's sort of understandable that they're treading lightly and going for like, the town is pretty conservative to give us a sort of... Right, it's just sort of a little rural town. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But but they're being really um, respectful. You know, it's, it's a very honest, I think, journey for a young person dealing with issues of gender and sexuality. Um, and, you know, they cast a genderqueer actor in the role. So mm-hmm. that helps. Mm-hmm. That definitely helps. And... You know, I, I, yeah, Sabrina's I, friends are great. Yeah, mm-hmm. And her friends' ancestors are great. <laughs> yes! Oh my god, Dorothea! Yeah. <laughs> Super cool stuff. Super duper. Yeah, do you have any particular thoughts um, about it? Because, like, at this point, I'm still mulling it over, and mostly I'm just like, yeah, good well, fun I, times. Spooky. The, the thing, I my favorite part of the entire show was Hilda and Zelda. Because yeah, I, I great felt relationship like, there. I felt like they were close enough to what we all know of Hilda and Zelda, but they were just way more fleshed out, um, way more um, more compelling. More compelling. Zelda is honestly my favorite character because she's like yeah. she's so bought into this world, but. The one thing that can bring her out is a love for her daughter, or sorry, her, her niece. Basically, and her, her daughter. But yeah, her daughter, her, her, uh, Hilda her, her daughter, her child. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely. I, I th- and she's so funny, too. Let's talk about Ambrose. Oh my gosh, yes. Because <laughs> I like the choice they made because they're like, okay, it would be too silly to have Salem talk. Like, we can't have a talking cat in this show. So. Let's make him a boy. And it's great. <laughs> it's great. I great. love him. He's so sweet. He's so good. He's, he's really the he's... only one that actually does any magic, too. Yeah. Try and stop him. <laughs> he's great. Well, they make reference to, like, oh, I did this spell. And, yeah, I know. Oh, but, we did but that. He, he, but... he just is always helping Sabrina with something. He's the enabler. Yeah. He's the he's the bad influence. He's great. A lot of people really are are predicting that Salem will actually talk in season 2, which I think is technically possible cuz we see um the we teachers We see him talk as a goblin. We see him talk as a goblin and we see the crow familiar talk. Um So I, Yeah, I I, I think yeah. we could get some some chat here and there. I don't think that he'll take on the full like oh definitely not gay no. best friend aspect. No, because, because again, that we've is got Ambrose. Ambrose. <laughs> uh huh. But uh, yeah, he could talk, and it would be all right if he's just like Sabrina. There's something weird going on, or you know, <laughs> whatever. Like. like 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 um like Binks from uh Hocus Pocus. He just sort of like yeah. yells at them when they're being stupid. <laughs> yeah, just just some interjections here and there, some warnings, whatever. Like. Yeah, I, I I doubt that it would ever get to like full blown conversation with yeah. Salem, but but he could have a voice and that would be all right. One little detail I really liked is when the familiars died, they get all like half transformed back. Oh, super grody! The deer, oh man! The iguana did it too. Yeah, but it was like really pronounced with yeah. the well, with yeah because it was in full it was so big and it was in full daylight. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, did you I, did you really call like the the twist with the teacher at the end? Did you see that coming a mile away? What do you mean? That she's Lilith. Oh no! I mean she, you know, she something was going on. I I don't know if I necessarily specifically called that, but like obviously she was somebody of of significance. Right? Yeah, she's, she's being sent on this special mission by the devil himself. <laughs> right? Yeah, I've seen enough like demon-esque fantasy that i was like it's probably lilith i mean come on oh yeah <laughs> That's the no, name i didn't, everybody I didn't knows. call it to that yeah it didn't surprise me but i didn't call it to that degree i wish they would have made her like yeah. demon form like a little cooler looking than just like i look like a hag 
Yeah, the demons so far have been a bit underwhelming. Hopefully, but we I get do, some really. I do great love um, the the version. They have a couple different versions for for Satan. I like the version where his whole stomach is just teeth. Yeah, that was freaking gross. Yeah, I, I hope the show gets more gross. You know, <laughs> well, <laughs> just I, give me some really grotesque stuff. I think they're totally going to go there because this was had the same budget. I don't know for for sure, but it it appeared to have the, the same budget as like um, a really um, high budget Netflix show like Stranger Things, and it's the, yeah, sure it they airs in the went off for years it. that Stranger Things doesn't premiere for Halloween, so. Yeah, you know, I think it's definitely going to get some some treatment as far as because I mean, there were no cheesy effects that you're like that looks really fake. Yeah, and 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 it was largely practical effects, oh, which is the real good decision that they made. No sparkles. Yeah, like it, like that the the sleep demon was like makeup, and that that was a really smart choice. And I love this the the makeup too because that's another reference because I felt like she had a lot of visual callbacks in her sort of styling. I don't know specifically to what, but I don't know. It just felt very familiar. Yeah. Just that kind of old sort of hag thing that, yeah, that was fun. Yeah. That was, was, that's definitely a great choice. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. With the, the bit when, uh, in, uh, in Hilda's nightmare. Ambrose's nightmare. Oh yeah, when he's hacking himself to pieces, and but I was just thinking of in in Hilda's nightmare when they're st- oh, stitched yeah, that, together. That's the that, that was yeah. nasty. <laughs> Luckily, they didn't show too much of that because that would have been too much for me. Yeah, that was pretty stomach churning. That was gross. I, but but we do get a lot from Zelda in that episode about how she feel her like her actual feelings. Yeah, she's a she's got a lot of dimensions as a character. She's a really really well written and obviously well performed character. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just good. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. Yeah. Fun, fun. And I, I'm interested to what's what's to become of the relationship between Sabrina and the Weird Sisters. Yeah, because I, I'm only one, I, um, only the, the leader won me over. Right. Well, the other two basically weren't characters like yeah. they had like one episode where they kind of did some stuff by themselves but like uh-huh. they're just lackeys they're not anything i think they could probably but... keep going but i yeah i don't know i just want her to be well, i'm just curious you know now that sabrina has become full witch like and she you know at the end of that the the last episode she's like in the squad yeah you know like there she is red dress like leading the squad so it's like what you know what is the relationship now is it like a friendly rivalry like what's the what's it gonna turn into now yeah i don't know i'm honestly i didn't i didn't agree with the decision she made yeah i mean they they made it well enough one of those like what choice does she have kind of things yeah i that's so true, but I just feel like she's smart enough to have totally seen through uh, Mrs. Wardwell. Yeah, I suppose so. I just remind myself that, like, she is basically a child. Yeah, that's true. So. That's true. And we, we do get to see her burn 13 witches with Hellfire, and that was pretty cool. That was radical, and I like her new platinum locks. Yep. Very Sabrina. <laughs> I like it a lot. Yeah, and I gotta say though, when you know the 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 sort of love triangle warlock boy, when he when his name was stated, I like snorted. His name is Nick Scratch. Like <laughs> I'm Devil Devil. Nice to meet you. Also, like pales in comparison to Harvey. I'm sorry, but did you see that I crop know. top that Harvey wears? I know those abs. I My was God, like, crop top what is this boy yeah he's and he's like he's an artist he's great uh you know harvey's a sweet and pure boy and nick is like smarm faced he's not (laughs) anything i don't i think they're trying to make him look like you know han solo or indiana jones-esque but he's he's not pulling it off no (laughs) i don't see the appeal of this guy and like normally that would be my thing like oh yeah spooky warlock man i don't know if this is just me being mean but honestly he looks 30 he doesn't look like a high schooler 
Which I mean, they're but... they're they're ha- like almost immortal witches, so I kind of get it, but like also don't get it. Yeah, well, I just don't see sort of what the they've got no chemistry. I mean, that's the problem. They've got no oh, chemistry. no chemistry whatsoever. Like she and Harvey have a oh, decent yeah. amount of chemistry. You know, they're just really. I do sweet like Ambrose and, and, and his his little guy though. His but I hope we see more of that that little boy there. He's he's sweet and and but I but we've got some sort of storm clouds going on there because it looks like maybe his boyfriend is something of a warlock Nazi. So we'll yeah. see if that that continues to be a problem. I I think they're probably going to go you know? in that direction because American Horror Story did that this year where the like warlocks thought they had the most powerful magic person and they're like we're gonna kill the yeah. witches and I'm like Ugh. no you're not. Just like no, you're not. Just like sit down with your stupid whatever. Like, yeah, no, I just loved this like warlock proud boys rally, and Ambrose is just there, like, why? Why am I here? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we'll see where that one goes, but and also Zelda stole a baby. <laughs> Just, she just stole a baby. Her whole that her during that whole scene, she's just like so out of character. It's I find it very funny because it's she's really just quite so amusing. excited, and she basically turns into Hilda for a second. <laughs> oh, and I love that yeah. Hilda's like I'm moving out of the bedroom we share. <laughs> I'm growing up. Yeah, and then I'm gonna I, be an adult. I saw some like theories online where people were like what kind of demon is dr cerberus it's like obviously he's a vampire because he dresses like a vampire and they mentioned that earlier that he's like a vampire yeah it would be kind of weird if they were like and he's a werewolf (laughs) right (laughs) i mean his name is cerberus so yeah but i think that's just sort of like no it's just a cool name yeah I i would think he's a vampire because they mentioned early on before we even meet him that he's weird and he dresses like a vampire yeah i loved the scene with hilda and Susie and spooking the mean bully boys oh that was so good i love seeing hilda own it like you know normally she's kind of awkward and silly and unsure of herself but in that scene she's just like "Mm, you think you're hot shit yeah all right let's let's see about that but she was also kind of nice about it too she was like oh don't you don't you see that he's hopelessly in love with you (laughs) (laughs) there's like we have to go now (laughs) (sighs) don't know this lady's scary yeah it was great she's like the just the gentlest auntie in in dealing with these bullies and it's great yeah yeah so what else did you watch um i think i watched a bunch of stuff but the one i watched last night i binge watched it um it just premiered it's really i think it's bad but i enjoyed watching it um it's called super drags and it's and it's this oh it's this mexican cartoon about drag queens with superpowers but then it's been I did dubbed see a promo for that. It's been dubbed by um queens who were really successful on RuPaul's Drag Race. So all the text is still in Spanish, but uh it's it's very odd. There's a lot of dicks. Just like <laughs> like it it's honestly like I don't know how a grown person could have made it. Um <laughs> but it's also really funny in some points. So if you can get past the literal wave dicks waving in your face, like every 30 seconds, <laughs> it's hilarious, but also Is really it? bad. Okay. It, it, <laughs> the one thing I will give them props for is they say that every queer person has highlight in them. And that's this magical force that makes them special. And there's this <laughs> evil drag queen like who's force? trying to steal. Yeah. That's trying to steal all their highlight. And I'm like, well, that's kind of oh. a cute way to think about it. <laughs> Yeah, that is fun. Cool. But yeah, I wouldn't recommend it. (laughs) (laughs) But it's something. It exists. If you need if you need to watch five episodes of half an hour shows, um, go ahead, but (laughs) it's not must watch. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so I've been uh listening to a lot of audiobooks lately, as I've mentioned uh before. 
I love that app, the library app. Everybody go download it. There's no reason not to. Oh, total it's interjection. But the library yeah. now has streaming available on their apps too. They have like a separate streaming app now too for like TVs oh, and movies. Goody, goody. Guys, this is great. This is awesome. You can get all your stuff and you don't have to pay for it. Support your libraries. It's fantastic. Um, I haven't I gotten decided... it yet. So when I do get it, I'll give everybody a review. Please do. Uh, I decided to go back and listen to the books from a series that I quite enjoyed as a uh, a, a young girl um, because I was like, I feel like I don't remember these very well and they, they're such a big part of like the history of YA. I have been listening to Tamara Pierce's uh, Song of the Lioness series about um, Alana, the Lady Knight. And I don't know. Are you familiar with the series at all? No, I'm not. Ah, uh, man. Okay, so it's a it's a YA fantasy series from the '80s about this girl Alana who decides that she's going to disguise herself as a boy so that she can train to be a knight because she doesn't want to be a lady. She wants to be a knight. And it's really interesting to go back because I really I think I only read the first book. Um, when I was like 12 or so I liked it definitely made an impression but I just didn't keep reading the series and at times it's like it's really cool like it's a good YA series you know very empowering and cool uh you know and it's it's very much about like being kind and chivalrous and noble you know being doing good and and sticking to your your convictions and your morals and, and, and being honorable. And, and that's very cool, especially when it, you know, it's like, yeah. And also Alana is like super great at being a knight and she's a girl uh, and she works really, really hard and she just has lots of friends who love her. <laughs> and it's kind of funny how it's like all of these people, all of these guys, like just like adore her. Like they're just her dearest friends and they're always like, Hey, and they call, they think her name is Alan. And they're like, Alan, Oh, our dear little Alan, we'll do anything for you. And she's like, why? And they're like, cause we like you. What? Like, what do you mean? Why? <laughs> like, she just doesn't understand the concept of like having friends and, people caring about her she's like but why do you want to do nice things for me and they're like because you're cool I don't know (laughs) (laughs) but it's really sweet and then it just gets a little bit 80s (laughs) (laughs) of course you know it's a YA series for girls so you gotta have that love triangle because two of the people who know about her identity are the prince Jonathan, who she ends up squiring for, um, he discovers that she's a girl. So, like, Jonathan's like, no, I'll keep your secret. In fact, you're such a great knight. Like, I'm gonna, I'm a, you're such a great, like, page. I'm gonna become a knight soon, and you're gonna become a a squire soon. So, like, do you want to be my squire? And she's like, super duper rad. Um, and then there's the king of the thieves, George Cooper. He's this young man who is the king of the thieves and he's great and he just manages to not do a lot of thieving for the king of the thieves funny that um but he's got a big old crush on her and he keeps her secret as well and there's this love triangle between them but these boys just think that they're allowed to just smooch this girl whenever they want to and you can't do that guys i know it's the 80s but you can't just grab a girl and kiss her because you want to and so that bothered me a little bit but Mm -hmm. She's ending up with George, who's the who's definitely the more respectful of the two. So there's that. But I just think it's really interesting to go back and like sort of see the history, you know, the 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 you know, where the where today's stories are sort of coming from. Uh-huh. But yeah, so like it's funny how like certain things seem really fresh and sort of contemporary, but other parts are like just oh, come tired. on. Guys. Well, it's just kind of like that's not cool. Like, these guys just tell her, like, we're going to have a relationship now. Well, Jonathan yeah. does. Jonathan kind of sucks. And he's like, <laughs> we're going to have a relationship now. And she's like, I don't think I want to have a relationship. And he's like, no, don't you see? We were always going to have a relationship. And then she's Ugh. like, I guess you're right. And then they do. <laughs> and then he's a total controlling jerk because he's Ugh. a prince. And she's like, you know what? I don't need that. And good for her. <laughs> 
<laughs> and like it is really interesting to see the real difference between these two sort of love interest characters because uh like she has this relationship with jonathan and he's like super controlling he's like and we're gonna get married and she's like i don't think i want to get married and he's like oh you're silly and then like other stuff happens and like he just keeps assuming they're gonna get married and she's like no i never told you i was gonna marry you and he's like but i mean obviously you're gonna marry me and she's like no i don't think i am i don't want to get married i want to be a knight like i don't want to marry the prince and go live in the castle that is super not my life um and then she ends up having a little short relationship with george and then she's like so i have like stuff i've got to go do and he's like yeah i have stuff i've got to go do and we can't just like hang out here and like smooch on each other all the time like we have to like go and do our own stuff so i guess we're gonna do that like i still really like you but i guess mm-hmm. we have to like go and do our own stuff well i'm gonna miss you and like they're both they're like on the same page about it like oh man this sucks like i really like you but like gotta go mm-hmm. uh i do happen to know that they end up married at the end of the series so that's nice but like because they're <laughs> on the same page they respect each other's lives so it's important i gotta say though i was kind of surprised like it seems like this story is for younger like preteens or whatever because like the first book she's like 10 years old and then she sort of grows up throughout the books but then she like has sexual relationships with both Jonathan and George and I'm like, "Whoa, 80s. Like I did not expect her to just like go and have sex." What was not, the not genre really that, I mean, it's, it's back then? All very, you know, fade to black, but but I, I didn't uh I was a little caught off guard by like the the maturity of it. Um so I guess we kind of talked about the shows and stuff we were watching, so I guess recommendations yeah i guess so is there there's nothing else that you wanted to discuss or no i'm tired (laughs) (laughs) yeah me too i'm sick my head is super drippy sucks man well okay um do you have a recommendation so i recommended it before i multiple times and i will continue to recommend it um making gay history (laughs) season four was just um released all um, right. The, the first episode is just kind of an introduction to what they're doing this season. But the second episode was all about um, Magnus Hirschfeld, who is basically like the grandparent of queer people in the 18th and 19th century or 19th and 20th century. Yeah, uh-huh. 19th and 20th. So um, that was really cool to listen to. And um they're, they're trying to go back further than they've gone before because the series is initially um, the reporter who who um, who is basically the, the talking head of everything. Um, he mainly plays interviews he, with queer people that he's interviewed over the years, but he's trying to like give us a bigger picture of where we come from. Yeah. So it's really cool. That is cool. Sounds good. Uh, Well, I suppose my recommendation is actually something that I picked up just today. Um, So today I had a rehearsal for this Christmas show that I'm doing this year. Uh, This will be my second time doing it. It's a lot of fun. It's actually in Ridgefield. So if you want to go and see it, Alex. It's it's fun. But we decided to stop at um, Clackamas mall to grab some dinner on our way back home and we stopped into barnes and noble and i found i had known this was coming out but i had sort of forgotten about it do you know junji ito the the manga writer and artist Uh, he's the the one who did all that freaky stuff (laughs) what (laughs) um Uh, the name's familiar but i do not know (laughs) he's the one that like middle schoolers make each other read to freak each other out you know the what like the the fish that grow legs and walk up on land and no i'm not familiar (laughs) oh it's great it's great he's he's really really great horror mangaka and just really horrific creepy ass stuff um great art really bizarre stuff um and i found out somewhat recently that he back in the 90s adapted frankenstein into a manga and that it was being published in America, translated into English for the very first time this month. 
And I flipped my lid when I heard this. And I was so, so excited. And then I forgot about it. And then I was in Barnes and Noble and I was like, oh, hey, Frankenstein. (laughs) 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 And I ran to it and I held it close and I bought it because I I couldn't walk away from it. And it's really great. I, I was reading it this evening while I was waiting for you to be ready to record. And it's just so good. Like, I love Frankenstein. Frankenstein is one of my favorite novels of all time. And Junji Ito is one of my favorite comics artists of all time. So this is like my, this is everything I needed in my life. And the art is just so intricate and so grotesque. Like, (laughs) that's the thing about Ito is that, like, his art is just so meticulously detailed. So when he draws a monster, it's a monster. Like, it's so much uh (laughs) yeah he's he's most famous for his uh his story um uzumaki i think is what it's called and it's it's this weird story of this town where everything is turning into spirals it's really surreal stuff um but this is just gorgeous like if you're an ito fan or a horror comics fan or a fan of frankenstein i mean this gets real gruesome uh you know when mary shelley wrote it she was just like she you know she's she demurs a bit from the really horrific stuff but like ito doesn't he's like here it is here's the creature's face it's like nothing you ever wanted to see so it's fun (laughs) i like it i like it a lot i probably won't (laughs) no 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 if you're like alex don't read it if you're like me definitely read it <laughs> oh, before we go, I just wanna um do a little self plug because I haven't mentioned it in a while. Um my YouTube and Twitch series is going strong still. Uh we're called Junk Adventure. We stream on Twitch Fridays at eight PM uh Pacific time and uh YouTube uploads Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays. If you wanna check us out, we play weird video games from when we were kids it's me and my awesome brother dylan we're having a lot of fun right now we're playing through mischief makers which is a radically bizarre nintendo 64 title that we used to play and i do not i mean like i remembered it being weird but like coming at it as an adult is like a whole new experience it's the craziest thing we just had to catch a bunch of bad ghosts for a king out of nowhere so it's fun times uh and if you like the video games you might consider checking us out um one last thing i want to say because i haven't been able to tell anyone yet but this will (laughs) air after i can share it with people um actually the day that anyway um one of my poems that was published this year was nominated for the pushcart prize anthology um which is really really cool and I've never had a poem nominated for that before. So that's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. That's super, super cool. Well, well, keep us keep us up to date on that situation. I will. I haven't been able I haven't told anyone yet because they said don't like share it until Monday, but also like nobody really knows what that means. So I can't right. just be like, oh I got nominated for push cart, and they were like, what's that? I'm like, right. Um, so it's like, what? really cool. Yeah, take it. Take take my word for it. It's really cool. So yeah. Well, amazing. That's so exciting, and I'm proud of you. Thank you. That does it for today's episode. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Anchor.fm, and elsewhere. Please rate subscribe review so more nerds can find us we appreciate it and it really makes a difference also contact us on twitter at lit merit yeah you could do that um we've had some conversation recently very exciting someone did talk to us so thank you friend it was cool yeah thanks for talking friend keep listening keep talking we love it it's great to hear from you And thanks to Jonathan Colton for the use of our theme song, Fraud, from his album, Artificial Heart. Until next time, remember, kiddos, no no guilty guilty pleasures. pleasures.